Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of the hiatus between seasons four and five of Sacred Realms. Uh, this week, we are releasing another bonus episode from The Vault. It was previously behind a paywall on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash sacred realms pod. Um, we released this one back during our Link's Awakening season, and it is a conversation with the the wonderful, the irreplaceable, the absolutely radiant Melora of history of Hyrule. Um, She has been on the podcast since that time uh, with Max. They were on a regular season episode for Link to the Past. It was uh, Ice Palace, and that was kind of a a wonderful two-hour-long episode with four different guests, and it was was a great time. Um, But this conversation relates a little bit more specifically to history of Hyrule, what it is, uh, Melora's interest in the art of The Legend of Zelda, my own interest in said art, and Matthew's attempt to keep up with the conversation, which he actually did really well at. Uh, It's a really great episode. I'm really proud of it, and I'm very happy to put it in the main podcast stream for the first time so that you all can experience it uh, as well. Just a reminder, if you are not in our Patreon, I did make an announcement in there this past week that we're making some changes to some of our tiers. We are no longer putting bonus episode content behind a paywall. Whenever we do a bonus episode, it will be going up in the regular stream with everything else. In its place, we're offering different bonuses on that middle tier and at the higher tier. Um, We are going to do a new system by which we shout out all of our patrons who are in either Master Sword or Big Goran Sword tiers every episode. So if you want to get a shout out on the podcast, then you can go in there and pledge for that. Uh, We will also be um, selecting a variety of stories submitted by patrons of either of those tiers uh, that relate to the game that we're playing at the moment. So we felt like that was a uh, a really good time to start that was going to be in Season 5 because so many people have so many different stories about the ways in which they play Breath of the Wild. So we're looking forward to featuring a little bit more of that content on the podcast on a week-to-week basis. So all of those things are going to start in the month of March, so look forward to that. In the meantime, please enjoy this wonderful conversation conversation between Matt, Melora, and I. Welcome to Sacred Realms. day in Hyrule, y'all. Welcome to Sacred Realms, a Zelda retrospective podcast. I'm your host, Lyndon Willoughby. Uh, in my first episode recording post my wife having a baby. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's actually really weird. I was I was listening to our our episode for this week and we're talking, Matt and I are in there like, oh, the due date's July 28th and that's going to happen any day now. And <laughs> baby had been around for like five days by the time I listened to that. So I was like, man, we really we, we really, really recorded ahead, didn't we? Yeah, you really can't plan the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you are a father. I am an uncle. Really, which is more important in this situation? I feel like uh, unclehood is is a little more important to the child's development. Well, like, uh, sure. Why not? Why not? We'll get, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you have that. 
I'm I'm crossing my toes over here. Yeah, but I mean I, Sawyer yeah. and I are going to be best buddies. Um, well, that's definitely true. I, yeah, I have for no sure. no uh, problem imagining <laughs> that whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Hey everyone, Matt Willoughby, my co-host. Hey, I'm here. On. Hey everybody, it's good to see you guys. It's been in our time, it's been a couple of weeks, but in your time, it's been no time at all. So that's a little odd. Yeah. Well, in my time, it feels like no time at all because some of those you're not sleeping. Yeah, I'm not sleeping. There was like a birth in there. It's been crazy. Yeah, so. you know, you've had you've it's, had a little bit of a hectic. time time you know it's fine it's, we're having fun though it's yeah, good we're always having it's fun. the great adventure <laughs> the creating new life yeah. and letting it flourish well, under was, your gentle guidance i was mostly like watching the new life happen because my my whole yeah i mean your wife did the whole, your wife did all scary. of the work really you're just kind of there for yes. moral support yes and she is awesome by well the way, obviously so yeah we like her more than you no i know Good. i know as long as everyone's yeah. super clear on that no that's cool that's okay. fine I, I, I ain't even mad. <laughs> so, okay, cool. Um, guys, we have a, an excellent bonus episode for you today. One that I've actually been very excited to have on the books. Um, since we started this show, really, um, and, and it just seemed to line up really well now, I'm pleased, more than pleased, to introduce our guest for this bonus episode of Sacred Realms, Melora of History of Hyrule, who we have mentioned on this show before now. Probably about a dozen times. Yeah, quite frequently. Melora, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me on. This is awesome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, no, seriously, like, um, I'm super excited to talk to you guys about art and just everything like that. Well, I'm not super excited to talk about art because, like, I am not an artist, but I am super excited to give some snarky commentary in the middle of some very uh, bougie art talk so I can just kind of bring everything back down bougie. to everybody wow. else's level. Because most I'm people so are bougie, not trust me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll drag you into it somehow, I'm sure. We'll figure it out. <laughs> he's being he's being modest. I happen to know that he's a great fan of, if, if nothing else, Zelda art. Well, that's true. Yeah, so. well, that's true. Well, that's fair. And spoiler alert. That's what, gonna, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. That's what we're going to be talking about on this here Zelda podcast. Who knew? Um, yeah. So before we get so, guys, we're going to have a whole we're going to have a whole discussion with Melora about what she does and about the process of uh, about Zelda art just generally. But before we get into that, um Melora, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you just don't mind starting starting off with an elevator pitch on what history of Hyrule is and what you do with it, um, and, yeah. and then a little bit about who you are. Yeah, I, I guess I could kind of try to roll them into one. Um, so I've been an artist my whole life. Uh, I've played video games my whole life. Um, I've played I played Zelda, the first Zelda, basically a few months after it came out. Um, my cousin, who was like a brother to me, brought it over. We were like the same age. I thought he was the coolest person on earth. You know, like he was totally. We built stick boards together. Um, you know, he brought it over. And it was the first open world game that I had ever played where I could explore. And I love exploring. I hike. I'm always like outside. And so it just, it was the perfect game for me. And I think there are Miyamoto quotes where he talked about how he would explore as a child and find a cave or be in the forest. And, mm -hmm. you know, finding that out later, I'm like, oh, no wonder I like it so much. So which Zelda, which Zelda game was this, yeah. by the way, the first one? Oh, the first one, like the very first one. And oh, the I Legend never of beat Zelda. it. The Legend of Zelda, like the original. Um, we, my dad was um, a big, like, uh, electronics nerd so we had arcade games in the basement you know stuff like that so i kind of just grew up gaming um and 
you know, I was so bad at it, but it didn't matter. It was really fun. I'd never be the first one until I was in college because I couldn't find the silver arrows. So, you know, it was like, I went back to play it, pulled my Nintendo out of storage. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to beat it. You know, I'm just going to sit down. I played it a lot, but I never actually like beat it. I'm like, all right, fine. I beat it. That was easy. How come I couldn't do that when I was like seven years old? And I'm like, cause I was seven years old. So, um, but so basically I, I grew up really loving the series. Um, I really sucked at it, but I loved it. And, you know, link to the past came out when I was basically old enough to be good at games. And, um, the Nintendo power art book came out. And again, I couldn't find the silver arrows and I had to buy my, like my own video games and stuff. So I would like not eat lunch. I'd go to the library to like save up money, you know, like everything I did, I'd <laughs> save up money, buy video games. You know, I think I got the system for Christmas cause I'm not sure I could have saved up for that. But so I saved up and I bought the Nintendo power guide um, because I'm like, I gotta, what, how do I beat Ganon? Never having found the silver arrows in the first one, I didn't know it was silver arrows that I needed. And it was super simple. You know, they're like, there is just one of those brain blips where you keep passing something and you're like, why didn't I notice that? Yeah. Um, but I fell in love with that guide. And so that's kind of the roundabout story of how history of Hyrule got started is I had this guide. It's so beautiful. It had amazing art in it. It had storytelling in it. Like back in the day, we didn't really have, you know, the internet that we could access or in my area, I didn't have other fans that I could even speak to. So it was, and I didn't have any friends that were girls that played games either. So it was kind of like, I was kind of doing this on my own. And, um, I fell so in love with the art and like, I didn't know art books were really a thing either, even though I was an artist, our library was kind of crummy. So this book was like so much to me, like concept art is a thing. Like, you know, like, oh, there's pre-production work, you know, like I kind of actually learned a lot about the industry from that guide, which is wild to think about. And on another tangent, it's also why I really wish Nintendo and other companies would pump more money into art books or paying for more concept artists or side artists or like side material. Mm. Um, I think it really, it doesn't speak to everyone, but I think it really keeps the series alive sometimes, even if it's not great, it, you know, it might push it in a direction. You know, so, one might. Uh, yeah. So I want to interject on that point. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite things. So outside of the Zelda universe, probably my favorite game universe is Mass Effect. And one of the things yeah. that Bioware has always been super good about is releasing oh, yeah. um, art books and, and pamphlets and other things with like limited edition that just come with all yeah. the concept art, all the in-game art, all of the like, here's how we wanted to design the characters, but here's what actually made it into the final. And like, I right? love all of that stuff. And I just See, find it like so you fascinating. Get it. Yeah. It's so much fun to look at. And like, yeah. it was amazing because when they finally came out with like a real art book and they did Hyrule Historia, it, took off like wildfire. And I don't think they ever thought that would happen, even though it's happened for other games, like you're talking mm -hmm. about, you know? Yeah. And um, I think that really encouraged them to work more with Dark Horse to, you know, and to do it in Japan too. But there were so many things before that they had done in Japan that were like just limited releases to the country or for a small fan base. And so seeing them do it on a worldwide scale has been really amazing over the past 20 years that I've done my site. Mm -hmm. Um and the reason I've, so yeah, the reason I've done my site for it's, it's been, I started in 20, yeah, 2002 
So, um, was because, so that player's guide, like I show it to everyone. Right. And one of my friends, and I can't hate her for this because the book was so great, but she liked it so much that she just stole it and took it when she moved. (laughs) And so I didn't have it anymore. And it took me nine years, I think, to track down a copy of it on eBay. And I paid like a hundred bucks for the first, like I saw it. I'm like, I don't even care what it is. Like slap down that money and give it to me, you know? Um, yep. Yep. And then like a month later, they like re-released it or something. I don't remember it. And I was like, okay, great. You know, whatever. But I was so, I had been so starved of trying to remember what the art was. Like I wanted to see it again so badly. I searched all over the internet. I think I found like two pictures from it from like um, on Devo's site, Zelda Legends, which Max, um, another guest that you had on, Max Nichols, uh, he was kind of a part of that site. I was a little bit a part of that site. You know, we just, he was more so than me. I just did a little bit of work here and there. But um, because it was one of the few that had a little bit of an art gallery. And so when I found that art again, I was like, well, it's not really on the web and I love it so much. Obviously someone else out there probably loves it too. And has been looking for it like, and no one else is getting on there. I'm just going to do it. Um, and I had been a moderator for a while on a video game forum. And so I actually, a lot of my Zelda friends now are from that forum. I think I even met Max there. Um, you know, like, uh, there's another guy named Mac that knows everything about Zelda. My friend Louisa, who like was the first person that got me like, not being shy about putting my art online. Um, so there's so many people in the community that were supportive them from there. And, uh, with, you know, like that kind of encouragement and just the drive to be like, I know other people must love this. I just started, you know, putting art online, trying to get the highest res, best scans, trying to find, you know, stuff that would have been nostalgia that people had lost. There really weren't many Zelda sites on the internet, when I started mine, um, Zelda dungeon existed. Masses is great. He's actually helped get a lot of art online. He's sent me guides to like scan and get art. And then I send them back. And then, um, yeah, like lady Juliet had North castle, which I think was like the first Zelda site that was ever on the internet. And it was fan art based and she's incredible. And so it was like, yeah, it was just this little community, um, of people encouraging other people. And I loved it. And, um, the feedback from having that on there is incredible. It's incredible when someone's like, Oh my God, I've been looking for this app forever, which I do with people all the time too. Like I'll search for art and be like, I was like, I, I thought this existed, but I couldn't remember anymore. And I just found it with you. Like, thank you. Do you have higher res? Do you know if there's more from this, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just been that for, you know, quite a while. And that's and the so basis it's, it's, of the it, site. Yeah. It's historyofhyrule.com, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's historyofhyrule.com. The site's a little busted right now because I moved servers. But um, the art's <laughs> there. It's I'm Basically, right now I'm focused on just getting the best quality images up and redoing the gallery, which is all on Flickr. But it's History of Hyrule on Flickr. And you can find that from the main page. And I actually, I also called it History of Hyrule. This is a big thing because I was really into the first four games. And... When I opened my site, there were so many games for Ocarina of Time, but nothing, almost, there wasn't not nothing, but there was so few things dedicated to the early games. Because everyone was like, oh, this came out, it's amazing, it's 3D, it's a really good game. And there was really not a lot that you could find for the back stuff. So the original site had like 
you know, walkthroughs, all the character sprites, you know, different things. It was a lot of help from other people, um, yeah. mainly the galleries. And so I called it History of Hyrule because at that point in time, it was the history before, you know, everything started. It was mm. the lore and that kind of thing. So that was kind of the origin of the name. It was like I wanted to focus on the first four. There was enough for the games after that. So would you say that a fair, um, a a succinct elevator pitch on what you do is that you assemble any official piece of Zelda artwork released that you get your hands on and you compile it into an archive on your, on your site? Yeah, exactly. Um, my, my main goal is to just, because I don't know what other people are going to like want or be looking for, but I'm like, if it's art, or it's like a Japanese publication that's rare um, because other U.S. publications, other people do better than me. Um, I'm like, I want to hunt down each piece. I want to make sure something isn't missed. If it's really beat up and we're not going to be able to find a better copy, I'm going to clean it up. You know, I'm going to make sure the best version of it available or possible is available because people like to use, you know, they need images for stuff. And it's just really nice when you see an image restored. So if it's, if I have to make too many changes on it, like there was a big overlay of another piece of art, I'll offer both, you know, like here's the original with all the text overlays and the little scratches and stuff. And then the cleaned up piece, because there's a lot of maps and that kind of thing that, they're beautiful works of art, but you know, for, for reasons for helping with people get through the game, you know, they've put like big text bubbles over it and that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, why not try to make it as true to the original as possible? And being an artist myself, like I have a little bit of skill in like retouching where I'm hopefully not screwing up like what it would have looked like. And I'll combine different pieces. Some like, I've bought so many guides from Japan because one guide will have like a foot missing and the other one will have like a hand covered up or there will be seam in the middle. And then I just patch it all together using as much of the original artwork as possible. Gotcha. So the old site had more of that. Luckily they've released more, um, books and material like art and artifacts and stuff that I'm like, Oh, I'm useless. Thank God. Like I've been hoping they've done, they would do this for like years, you know, like, please make me obsolete. I just want good art, you know? So, um, well, yeah. I think so that's I been think nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very yeah. appreciative that Nintendo has gotten to a place where they are partnering with, uh, people like dark horse to do their yeah. line. I mean, you mentioned history of Hi- or, uh, Hyrule Historia and, yeah. um, obviously there's been a bunch of books that have flown out through there. You know, I just actually got a copy of their creating a champion breath of the wild book. Last oh, week. it's so good. Yeah. I love it's that great. It's so great. much. Yeah. And it's like, it's got a lot of what you're talking about, which is conceptual yeah. art for breath of the wild documented in book form, which is excellent yeah. because there obviously there's a, there's a deep well to draw from there. But I think that, you know, uh, con- the, the artistic process as it feeds into game design is subject to the same issue as, um, as kind of retro games have, which is preservation, you know, yeah. um, where it's yeah. like a lot of the times the people who are making the games or the people who are going through the process of getting the game made and ready to ship, they don't think of what they're doing as necessarily an art form in and of itself. It's all a means to an end to get this game created. Yeah. And then once the game is out, that's all good. Um, but 
all that other stuff is just work to kind of figure out what you but 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 like to people who yeah. are enthusiasts about games that's all you know as big a deal as the final product itself or can be um certainly yeah i think so, so. especially yeah i mean i'm not going to say that there's no one younger than me like this because obviously there is and thank god but it was so vital in the older games too because the graphics on screen were so bare minimum i mean you you could kind of make up in your imagination what you were seeing but a lot of the art the tidbits of art that they would give you kind of helped flesh out a picture of what maybe the game was in their minds and what it could be in your minds too so i think it really, it was an era where the concept art was like vital and now it's yeah. amazing and I'm glad we have it, but we don't need it as much as maybe we did then. Um, well, I don't want to say we don't need art, sure. but I hope you get no, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. It's like, I yeah, do, I, do. We, I really do. We have a 3d image now. It makes it so much easier to be like, Oh, that's what yes. they were going for. You know, well, as so. the, as, as the, as the hardware is increasingly able to support the original artistic vision of the designers that does become less and less of a thing, but, but there's still the exploratory process of finding out what that look even needs to be, which is exactly. I mean, concept artists are, are beyond vital. I mean, it's, it's amazing too, because I, so I'm not real good with the names of, um, and Max is so much better than this than me of the names of the, the different team members and stuff that do this. But I do believe that like, one of the main creative directors on breath of the wild also like was one of the big creative pushes on like twilight princess and stuff like that. And it's amazing, you know, what one artist to like the different moods and feels they can get for the different games. Cause they're still very, yep. very different, like visually and feel and everything. So it's mm. so vital to have that concept period where you're actually like figuring out, you know, like everything that you really want to get from the final product. And it's fun to be able to see the different paths they take. That's why the concept art for the games is so much fun. And, and, and that's books. my like, favorite thing about what I see from from Bioware and both the Dragon Age and the Mass Effect franchises is yeah. they have the concept art very frequently has a very different tone from what right? the final product ends up having. Like, yeah, I specifically, I'm thinking about in Mass Effect three, the, the elusive man at the end of the game in the concept art, he was a he was an actual boss and then yeah. the hey, final, no spoilers by the way i'm playing right <laughs> and then in the final yeah. game oh. it, the, the concept art was absolutely nothing like what you what you find in the actual end version so seeing yeah. the process visually from where the designers where the programmers where the story team was going versus where they ended up is a fascinating journey that you really can't get anywhere else and like that yeah. even as a non-artist like that's one of the coolest things about because right? it's a story storytelling mechanic right like i appreciate stories more than anything else about video games i appreciate oh, totally stories. and like i i think that's what they failed to understand too maybe was that they thought that if they released art books only artists would buy them but i kind of feel like so many more people are artists than they realize like just because you quit like doodling or whatever art when you're a kid doesn't mean you're i mean humans have been attracted and doing art for as long as we've been probably longer than we've been considered humans, you know, like cave paintings and everything. It's Mm -hmm. some of the Mm -hmm. earliest forms of like, you know, our souls. So it's like, yeah, if they, um, people can look at an art book and 
pick out all these different pieces that they find interesting or these concepts of this, you know, like the way other people think you get all of that when you're looking at their process in the books, like, and it's, you can see their technical problem solving too, because the art Mm -hmm. is like technical problem solving. Like as an artist, you are solving problems. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, I I love it. Um, I, people, you know, they're going to show up to this episode to talk about Zelda art and they're going to stay for our (laughs) musings on the nature of the human soul. (laughs) I know, right? <laughs> but isn't Zelda part of the nature of the human soul? Existential, <laughs> existential conversation. Well, I sure think so. That's right. I don't know. I'm okay. for that. Um, okay. yeah. I know, right? That sounds great. Okay, real quick though. All right, so we're about 20 minutes into the episode. I do want to get the housekeeping out of the way real quick. And then after that, I have a prompt that I want. I've, Ooh, I've, got, a, I've got a question that I want uh, myself, Matt, and Melora to all answer. Mm-hmm. And that'll, that'll kick us off on our next phase of this whole thing. Um, before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that if you're listening to this episode, then you either subscribe to us on iTunes or you are a member of our Patreon. Um, so so we appreciate you very much. Uh, this is the kind of conversation that we use that outlet for where we're not analyzing a game specifically, but we just have a much more general conversation about something interesting relating to Zelda. So please, if you enjoyed this conversation, um, share the information around, let people know where they can access it. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this episode, I'm actually trying to release this on the same day as um, the Eagles Tower Link's Awakening episode, which means that y'all are getting a a uh, Melora slash Max Nichols rock block of episodes released on the same day. So which I, I actually I, you, you and Matt, you and Max go way back, right? Y'all are friends. Yeah, I have known um, I've known Max probably just about as long as I've known anyone on the Internet. Um, he's actually come and visited. I want to go visit him sometime. Um, he's an awesome person. If I ever want to get like creatively inspired, I just talk to him, especially about Zelda. Um, we have a shared love for maps that we both realized came from all the Zelda maps, like fantasy maps and stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah he's awesome. He's like incredible. So he's one of the best guys there is, but, um, yeah. yeah. And we both love the, Tirada art and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, oh my God. No, we talked to him. He told us about his tattoo uh, on the previous yeah. episode to this week's. Yeah. And, and that's definitely really cool. I mean, yeah, Max Nichols, obviously a huge friend of the show. And it's really cool being able to talk to both of you guys, knowing that you go back a long way. But anywho, um, the yeah. Eagles Tower episode is the main one we're releasing this week. And then we've got this one alongside of it. So I think I'm going to, um, enable a free trial period for the Apple podcasts, uh, subscription channel as well. So, um, and I'll announce this on the Eagles tower episode two with an edit with an editing mic. But if you are curious about, uh, you know, what kind of, if you want to stick around on the sub channel for the extra conversation, then this is what you're getting. This is the kind of thing that is going to be housed there. And we've had a lot of great guests and talked about a lot of great things, art, music, all kinds of stuff. So love doing this kind of conversation. Um, if you are subbed to the Patreon as of this moment, July is almost over. Um, I am going to get off my butt and design the July (laughs) trading card next week i think i'm a little bit behind for obvious reasons but it will happen there will be a trading card for july and even if it gets uh, in your mailbox a little bit later than normal you will still receive it so i will send that out to our social channels as soon as i have it done and to all of our international guests you will be getting all three of your uh cards actually technically i think it's 
four five depending five, on when depending on yeah so you'll be getting five at least three most likely five uh cards in the mail all at the same time you will be, you will be getting a uh a a to be determined amount of trading cards <laughs> it's, it's anywhere between three and seven not exactly sure where that's gonna land <laughs> It's we'll fine. figure it we'll out. Figure it out. It's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's all coming up soon. And then uh, uh, do we have anything else, Matt? Just oh, uh, another quick reminder that Skyward Sword, our coverage. I was going to say that. OK, well, do you want to say it? I do want to say it. All right, as our resident Skyward Sword <laughs> fanatic, I'll let you remind everybody. Just a quick reminder that Skyward Sword is going to be our next mainline game that we will cover weekly uh, in the normal format with our wonderful guests. And thank you all for voting to let me play my favorite game in its HD remaster. And I love you all very much. Yeah, that starts August 25th will be episode number one. And I think Matt and I have already decided that we're just going to do the game intro and Skyloft. Yes, definitely. That's about an hour and a half worth of gameplay. If you're slow, about an hour if you're fast. So plenty to cover. Yep. Good, good, good. Okay. so I said that I had a prompt now that we've got our housekeeping done. Here's what I want to do. And I uh, since uh, Matt and Melora, you guys don't know what what this even is. I'm going to I do not. I'm going to I'm going to answer first. So you all have time to think. Thank you. Um, I want each of you to tell me what is a piece of artwork relating to a Zelda game, either cover art, concept art, manual art, uh, strategy guide art, anything. What one piece of Zelda artwork, if you had to choose one that comes to the top of your mind that you have fond memories of or that has grabbed your imagination in a in a certain way. And I'm Matt's probably going to need to go last, but I'm going to encourage you to think back into your memory about strategy guides and, um, you know, all the, all that kind of stuff. Oh, no, actually, can I go first? Actually, go no. First. Well, actually, yes. Oh. I mean, yes. Yeah. I want to, I want you to go first just do, in case I, do I, I don't want to like steal your one thing. That <laughs> yeah, you yeah, no, of. it's my one thing. I, it's, it's, it's you like, look so I mean, happy. I'm so like, oh, funny. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Matt's up first. So um, the game that is my favorite is Skyward Sword. But I think the game that resonates most deeply with me is Majora's Mask, because it was like when it was right at the right age where I was really digging into video games. I think there's a real chance that I would have stolen yours. I think you so hadn't too. gone first. I think so, so too. That's why I wanted to go first. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing when I think of Zelda art, the number one thing I think of is the cover of our Majora's mask. And that's it. I knew it. I knew it. Yes. Yes. I'm so happy you went first. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That's amazing. I'm just going to keep going with it though. The thing that resonates. <laughs> The thing that resonates most deeply with me is uh, the cover of our Majora's Mask strategy guide because it's got young Link and he's holding a mask up to his face and he's got all of the other transformations behind him. And then there's the moon and then there's Skull Kid. And it's just it's the purples. It's the dark and the mysterious, the Halloween ish kind of coloration that's going on. And it's like. It's just etched in my memory. Anytime I think about 
specifically like video game guides. That's the only video game guide that I can actually remember is is that that's awesome. Like, I don't remember Ocarina of Time one at all. Mm. I don't even remember what the cover was. I remember the Morpha art that's in there where Morpha's like twining around Link and throwing him around. I remember that. But other than that, I don't remember anything from Ocarina of Time. So, but when I think about video game um, guides and when I think about Zelda art, that's the very first thing that comes to my mind is the cover of our Majora's Mask uh, guide. Okay, I'm going to get back it. to this. Is yeah, I know that that's such a great answer. I'm going to get back to this later because I, I have another topic that I want to talk about later about the way that concept art does or does not translate to actual final art in a Zelda game. Yeah, and I've got I've got a lot of thoughts about Majora's Mask. Oh yeah. Um, I can't wait to talk about it, but that is an excellent, excellent pick um, because it was also your pick. Well, I, I mean, I, seriously, I've got so, <laughs> no, I've got your so many enthusiasm about it. Pick. Like there are pieces of art I I don't even like sometimes. And then I hear someone else talk about them and like just the way they feel about it is so infectious. It's like I can see that now. That's incredible. Like, you know, like I, I think that's great. So, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Well, thank I you. That. Yeah. Okay, so that was a that was an excellent pick, Matt. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to as a secondary, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go. Okay, so actually, I don't remember which strategy guide this was, but Melora might because I helped her track down which one it was on Twitter a few months ago. Oh it's yeah, the Ocarina of Time one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the Nintendo you, Power one. <laughs> it was the, the Nintendo Power. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So that was one of the earlier strategy guides that we had and it was for Ocarina of Time. And it was, I mean, you know, it didn't have a a ton of artwork in it, but each dungeon section had an artistic, it had an illustrated header page that contained a drawing of the temple that you go into. Yeah. Which is so rare. I love it. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And it was so great because like, Ocarina of Time, the graphics were good enough to to kind of like that aesthetic yeah. is a, is established in game, but seeing an illustrated version of it just kind of made it made each one feel more real and more fleshed out, and like it helped my mental coloring of those spaces in game. Um, so sp- specifically, I'm thinking of like uh, there there was a there's an illustration in there of like the forest temple. And yeah. showing the the broken stairway up to the to get into the forest temple. And um, there's something about like the foresty, glowy ambiance in the illustration that wasn't achievable in the N64 version. But like seeing it in the illustration kind of made it present for me in my mind while I was playing the game. And so it like it helped create layers of of uh, of um, interpretation of artistic interpretation for me as I was playing it. And I just thought that that was so cool. I mean, there's a lot of great art and concept art floating around for Zelda games just in general, but it's not very often, like you were saying, Melora, that you see a straight up one-to-one artistic representation of a space within, of a 3D space within the game, you know? Um, Yeah, it's super rare. I think too, the shame about it is, is they probably have that for almost every single temple and every single game. And they've just never really released it. And it would yeah, be amazing who can tell where if it's they at. did. Yeah, exactly. They seem to save almost everything though. It's amazing what pops up like 20 years later. You're like, I knew they had it. 
They're holding out on us. No, those were gorgeous. I'm so glad they did that because being able to kind of see, like having that more fleshed out kind of like vision. And there's just something to an illustration that just, or an artistic like rendering that just gives it a little bit more of like, I don't know, a solid feel. Like, which is so strange to say, because you literally have something 3D, but I don't know, there's just something about art and the different interpretations that you can get that just adds more to it. And I don't know how to put it into words, but, you know, most people kind of get the idea. You're You're making sense to me. Yeah, exactly. We'll make sense to each other, even no one else. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So, so Melora, what what about you? Is there a piece of artwork or concept art or anything that's just like really grabbed you more specifically than another one? So very hard because there's three right now that are like just rolling through my brain and I can't pick and I'm just going to be lame and like state all three because I, okay. I don't know. Right <laughs> I now. mean, we'll, we'll okay. allow it. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? I'm here. You can cut me off, but uh, that's <laughs> yeah. how you're going to stop me. Um, <laughs> I like this stuff too much. So I'll just start with kind of like the age that they are. One is the link from the tip and tip. Uh, tips and tactics guide and in a way it's kind of a silly illustration but it's old school link from like the first game with his giant bangs um but he has like the ladder and all his gear on his back and he's just kind of walking forward and he looks all serious and i always love that illustration and it took me forever to track down a really good image of it for the longest time um i finally found a japanese guide that had like a really obscure one that had a really good image of it. i was super psyched i think i paid like 80 bucks to get it over. I'm like, Oh my God, I just paid 80 bucks for like a scan essentially, (laughs) but Oh my God. So there's a Twitter account called art of Nintendo power, but it's just MP. The guy got the original cell, like the hand painted cell of it and has like a 1600 DPI scan. And I cleaned it up and it's, Oh my God, I was in heaven. I'm like, I can't believe this exists. So he's my hero. I saw when he, um, I saw when he posted that. I mean, that is truly a yeah, priceless work of art. It is. It. He says that the the paper on the cell backing is stuck to it. So it'll probably deteriorate over time, which is unfortunate because that's kind of how no. cell art is. But I know, but that's, he made the big scan and it's beautiful and glorious. And I kind of took some of the fuzz out of it because you can always tell whose scan is whose because you can't get all the fuzz out. Um, so it's like, oh, there's, there's a piece of dust from my house. It'll be, you know, immortal for all time. Um, so back on topic, the other piece of art I'm thinking of is one of Tarada's pieces from the Nintendo Power uh, Link to the Past guide, where Link's walking. I think it's actually supposed to be for Adventure of Link, but he was like in high school, I think, when Nintendo hired him to work on Link to the Past, if memory serves. I don't even know where I read that. But um, it's just Link walking through like a dungeon cave holding up a lantern. And I don't know why. I've always loved it. It just sets a mood for how I feel about the game so beautifully. And in some of the scans, there's a little bit more contrasting color than other. I think some of the... Um, guides had different printing and i'm not sure where there's a little bit more color but i love it it's a little orangey and yellow it's gorgeous and then the third piece i'm thinking of is again from link to the past oh my god i'm thinking of a thousand pieces this is so hard but it's just the (laughs) the poster art of the master sword in the lost woods and i've always loved like the misty feel of that it just it was so pretty it's just a really pretty piece of art so those are and plus Link to the Past is kind of like my ultimate era. It's when I was, everyone seems, the favorite Zelda game seems to be when they were a teenager at like this pivotal era. And that 
that was me. Or, but I also really like Skyward Sword. So, the concept art is like so amazing for it too. I think it's beautifully art directed, and I really had fun with the story. Man, I really kind of wish our listeners could see my facial reactions to. I know I do too because it was just like <laughs> yeah. it was so. It was yeah, Matt just was Matt just Matt just died a little bit. It was a little. Yeah, now, now he's back. Now he's back. <laughs> Yeah, when I saw the concept art in Hyrule's story for that, I lost my mind. It was so beautiful, especially the ones with Skyloft. So that would well, be my billionth is, other pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that visually speaking, um, yeah, and, and actually, okay, we've all answered this question now, and now yeah. I think we can get into a more general conversation about the history of art style in actual Zelda games. So let's let's put to one side the pieces of concept art that don't make it into any kind of actual development. Let's talk about art style in Zelda games and the way that that's kind of established in artwork leading up to it. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who kind of, they don't consider the art style of a new Zelda game too much when it's about to come out. But in like in, in later years, it, that game can be looked on more or less fondly depending on the confidence of its art style. Obviously, Wind yeah. Waker is one of the is one of the big um, is one of the big ones there where the art style was like such a point of consternation originally. Oh, and as absolutely. time has gone. Yeah. And as time has gone by, I think that art style, it's it's so distinctive and so confident that um, it's almost it's almost immune to aging at a certain point. Right. Like it. Yeah. Will, it that I maintain that that art style will have aged better in game than Certainly, like your N64 Zeldas, I think that yeah, that almost style will have aged yeah, better Ocarina than of Twilight Time Princess. doesn't age. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And it's so funny because I was one of the huge haters on art style for Wind Waker. I was livid because the Space World 2000 trailer was like this more realistic game. And I wanted a darker looking Zelda because... I don't know if we'll get into it or not. I'm a huge fan of the Tirada art. It's, I mean, the Nintendo Power Guide should be a key to that when I mention that. I'm like, because it was the Tirada art that made me be like, I want to find this again so bad. But yeah. um, once I played Wind Waker, like, I kind of got over it. You know, I'm like, okay, it, it does actually look really good in motion. You know, like, it wasn't what I wanted, but I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm, I can be like that with a lot of stuff. I try not to go online and be like a hater or anything like that. But it's like in my head, I'll be like, oh, I can't stand it, you know, and then I'll play it and I'll be like, OK, you know what? That's all right. I need to I need to but, get over my little hang up there. <laughs> but you it's know, so funny it because Skyward Sword is another game that has like in a, in a yeah. slightly more subtle way. It does have a specific artistic style impressionism that. Yeah. And, and with, with kind of watercolor shading, you know, like it draws very oh, yeah. specifically from that style of art and it uh, it carries that through the entire game. And it's a very intentional visual choice and, th- and it lends itself so much like it, it creates such an aesthetic within that game that is very defined. Yeah. I think it's one of the better art directed games. And I'm saying that as someone who likes so much of the other art from the other games, there's just something. And again, I don't really know how to put it in the words, but they had such a strong vision for how everything was going to work out that just really like kind of stood out more than like Twilight Princess was kind of dark and, you know, everything was like, a little like elongated or strange looking, which is fine. And that's, it's a really strong visual concept, but something about Skyward Sword just 
seems to stand out a little more. It definitely attracts a lot more fan artists too, which is always a kind of interesting metric to pay attention to. Like what really speaks to people after or during the game that keeps them kind of like alive in the fandom? Because, um, I mean, if you go on Reddit and stuff like that, it's mostly fan art these days. You know, it's like, here's the piece of art I did. And so it's really interesting to see, like, what kind of holds the series up in between releases. And not for everyone, but a lot of that is, you know, fan art. And that one spoke to a lot of people artistically, even though it seems like for a lot of people, um, the game itself kind of caused a lot of division. Um, it is funny. So I actually couldn't play Skyward Sword when it came out because I can't use the motion controls. Mm -hmm. So I had my husband play it for me. I was like, no, run there, do this. <laughs> so, um, as I was talking play to you proxy. briefly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, he was great. He did it. He, he, you know, he grew up playing Zelda too. Um, so he was like, no, I get it. Like totally I'm doing this for you. And, oh, I loved it. But it's so nice because I've started playing it finally that they've re-released it. And I don't have to use the motion controls. And I'm like, yay, I could play it myself. This is incredible. <laughs> so I've been super excited that they finally did that. I've been waiting for that. So yeah, yeah, that was so, so off topic, but <laughs> it, it really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what were you going to say, Matt? So I, I always have found it extremely impressive that the Nintendo team and the Zelda team specifically have been able to marry together an art style and direction that narratively complements that or that complements the narrative that they're going for. Right. So like yeah. with Twilight Princess, the narrative was so much darker and so much more, in my opinion, kind of gothy. And the yeah. art direction and the style just lended itself directly to that. Right. And then Skyward Sword was a much more heroic and like uplifting and epic feel. And the art style was was really, in my opinion, similar to that. Right. And then when you get to Wind Waker, I, I haven't played all the way through Wind Waker. I've played two or three levels, but it's it's fun. It's um cartoony it's adventurous right it's it's exploring a, a piece of of humanity that's like i want to go out and and just go on an adventure and like that's what the art style feels like yeah and they they have always done such a very good job of marrying what the visuals are what the art direction is to what to the to the story that they're trying to tell and they i don't feel like they've ever really had a disconnect there well at least as long as they've had hardware that was able to accurately depict well for I sure i mean like, like 2ds 2ds don't really fall in that category or like legend of zelda or the adventure of link but like even it's hard see, to I, even <laughs> yeah i thought you weren't going to be able to you said you weren't going to be able to talk about art and you just nailed something really beautifully i mean oh, their you. their storytelling and their art style i think is very consciously like put together and um but it feels like uh, like you unconsciously notice it most of the mm -hmm. time which is like the perfect thing because as you know like you may have moments of it that you realize it but it's more something you kind of reflect on you're like oh my god those two things work so well together kind of after you're done playing and like you just did there it's like yeah exactly like skyward sword you know it has this like 
there's way more character interaction in the beginning where they're actually like forming relationship bonds mm-hmm. and stuff than in a lot m- most of the other games. You, you know, care um, about the Link Zelda relationship. Yeah, they really make you, and I don't want to any spoilers as not play, but they really make you <laughs> want to go on to the quest that you end up going on to. Yeah. You know, yeah, completely um, agree. Yeah, and so it's like, um, and I think you know having that art style that's kind of like this joyous, like vibrant impressionism really kind of helps with that. It helps set the mood for how you're going to feel about the characters, even if you don't really realize that's how, and Twilight princess was darker. Um, everything's ends up very dark in it. And of course it's a very dark style. I did hate the clowns though. What were those things? <laughs> yeah. well, I'd actually, oh, they were just, so, Oh God. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Matt and yeah. I, Matt and I have both, I mean, Twilight, we've said this before on the podcast. Twilight princess is currently one of our least favorite console Zeldas for a variety yeah. of reasons. Um, a lot of that at base comes down to whether it's visually gameplay design whatever a lot of it just feels kind of derivative of what nintendo thought people wanted based on like ocarina of time you know like it doesn't have as much of its own identity and artistically i think that that's true as well it's almost like they took people saying they wanted something darker like way too literally too right um and yeah i was one of those people that was like i was really excited when i saw the first trailer and again i I had complications playing that and then going back to the Wii and everything because of the um, motion controls. But um, so I never actually beat it, um, which I'm like, I need to do that someday, but I'd have to find where my Wii is in storage, or um, sorry, my GameCube is in storage. And which who knows? But um, yeah, I, that one for the most part didn't, there were parts of it that felt pulled together and then parts of it that just didn't really connect with people and it's hard for me to like really say having not played the whole thing through but um yeah it just it there was a kind of a lack of connection that you didn't get a lot in the other games it it was really neat to see a lot of like the fan theories and the fun stuff that came out of it like there's a lot i still appreciate about it um i wouldn't doubt that Breath of the Wild 2 ends up having a lot of throwbacks to it. Um, so it'll be yeah. interesting. It kind of does make me, um, in fact, that uh, creating a champion art book, I'm now realizing why there's a lot. So there's a lot of art in the game developer talks that wasn't in that book, concept art. And I was like, why didn't they include it? It looks really cool. Now we know why. Again, I don't want to like throw out any spoilers unless you want to talk about them. But because it's not like the game's released, so it's all speculation, anyways. Is it really sure, a spoiler? Yeah. But I'll just going into Breath of the Wild too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's um yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like okay, they purposely didn't include this stuff in there because they already knew what they were going to do in the sequel, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to give it away. And I'm like, ooh, that's also kind of fascinating. So so uh so what I was going to say, this actually ties yeah. into the conversation that we're having now, is when Matt brought up his favorite piece of artwork, which is the cover art for the Majora's Mask guide this is one area where it makes me very sad that majora's mask was done in the n64 era and not the gamecube era because i feel like they had such a a specific tonal uh level that they were going for with majora's mask like and and you see that all throughout the concept art for this game especially when you put it up next to the concept art for uh ocarina of time like ocarina of time concept art it's all like it's played very straight, you know, even lighting. Um, yeah. 
Not they had so a lot on like, the line to get that yeah. done. You know, that was a yeah. big first. So yes, but then you go and you look at Majora's Mask concept art, and it's like the shading is much darker. It's much more dramatic. Um, the colors that they're yeah. using in the concept art are, like Matt said, lots of very dramatic purples and oranges, and very like it's the it's, hard it's, dark it's, it's lines. All, yeah. Yes, it's all it's all mood art very much, and that like you see that artwork. And it makes sense because that's what the game is. It's got hard lines of shading in 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 terms of its storytelling yeah. and its music, and it's like it's it's got a very distinctive feel. But I don't think that the Nintendo sixty four really had the hardware that was um, necessary. Yeah, it to definitely sell that didn't visually. Tech at the time too. It was just it was so expensive to get stuff on screen. I mean, I know Ocarina of Time was like downsized so much, probably for multiple reasons than what they had originally planned. And so, I mean, you're absolutely right. And a lot, a huge part of me wishes that. So I'm kind of like, I love. Um, I I don't. I have a hard time with remakes that aren't like the new Link's Awakening one. I'm like, I'm going to play it, but I have to get over my little like visual hangup because I pictured the game one way and now it looks different. I'm like, okay, I got to let myself settle right. on that. And I feel the same way about Majora's Mask. And what you're saying is kind of like a really interesting thought because I would love for them to get like the original art team together to remake that, not hand it over to someone else. Unless it's someone who's such a big fan and understands it so well that they'll nail what the original team wanted. But it would be beautiful to see that in a really like the interesting style that they had actually formed in the art, because I think they were going for that, you know, but like you said, it's just the technical capabilities weren't there to really get something that was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that tone is executed on in every other way, but visually yeah, music, narrative, world design, all of, all of it lines up with the tone that you knew they were going for with that game. It's just the visual style and the engine that they were building it in was the Ocarina of Time engine. You know, it's all it, it was not able to quite deliver on the visual end of, of that. Theme. You know what visuals it really yeah. needs? What is is what you get in like Dragon Age Origins. It's the dark. It's the gritty. It's the more um, almost Dungeons and Dragons type visuals. That's 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 what I feel like they were trying to go for. Yeah, I'm wondering, too, like because there were some games like on PlayStation 2, like not really like Parappa the Rapper, but I can't really think of anything else right now because I'm drawing a blank. But just kind of like Mm -hmm. the actual like hand drawn kind of line work looking like textures that they could have mapped onto the 3d like if they could have had some technical tools for shading that actually worked on the n64 like how cool would it have been if they could have kept that really awesome hard shading line like every time he turned into a shadow you know or like the the purple as the lighting you know like oh my god it could look so cool it'd be really interesting Mm -hmm. to see like if fans were kind of allowed to make interpretations of games too you know that you know didn't get pulled um at like what they could come up with if they did stuff like that. Like either way, it's like, Oh, there's so many possibilities for like how that could have looked. And I know we're maybe not going to talk about it, but that is the interesting thing about concept art, you know, and what it could do. It's like, now we're all going to have a different picture in our heads of like what that game could have looked like, you know, like, Oh, would it be this? Or would it be that? And, you know, have those different little pictures. It's why I do love fan art so much is because it really helps bring those other ideas and concepts to life. You know, it's like, Oh, 100%. 100%. That, 
really, they saw it and they got really inspired. They're like, Oh my God, like what if it looked like this, you know, or what if it felt like this? I think the one time, the one time in Majora's mask, uh, in the actual, like when you're playing the game, the only time that the visual tone is able to deliver on the musical, on the narrative tone, on this dark feeling, this, this, offbeat dark vibe that we're talking about the only time that that's visually delivered on completely is when you are in clock town yeah uh, and the the countdown to midnight on the third day is happening and you have that red glow that is like oppressive and and you you literally feel like the world is about to end and there's just this lighting trick that they did in the game that really sells that 100 percent, and it always it always gives me and you have the music like the the um uh night of the third day music playing yeah that glow is just diffuse everywhere and it's it's great like that that truly is sublime that's probably one of the few first times i can think about that happening that wasn't like a misty forest because they didn't use a whole lot of lighting. I mean, I know in 2D games, it would be easy to say you don't do moot and lighting, but you do. I mean, because like when you go into the Lost Woods and A Link to the Past, you know, it's all misty and everything like that. And there were definitely other games, especially like maybe Final Fantasy games and stuff like that, where they would like change color, other RPGs where they'd change like colors over a scene to like in a boss fight or, you know, like a town is burning. But they didn't do that a lot in Zelda before then. So that's pretty interesting, actually. And yeah, lighting, lighting really, really affects like the whole feel of everything. So it's nice that they started doing that. Um, So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no kidding. No kidding. (laughs) No, I'm just trying to be back. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's fine. I want to move on from Majora's Mask because I feel like uh, Matt and I already have like this podcast (laughs) has already got a reputation of just being (laughs) nothing more than a giant Trojan horse (laughs) for a Majora's Mask podcast. (laughs) Like like, Trojan horse and Skyward Sword. That's all we care about. We're in the the middle of like we're we're flying a we're flying a loft wing through Skyloft and it's sunny and bright and Matt and I are just like, but you know how this relates to Majora's Mask, you know, like (laughs) boom, right through the cloud barrier. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Moving on from Majora's Mask, which I can only assume will take us, I don't know, twice the usual amount of time to record oh, when, we, when we get to that. It's going to take us so long to record Majora's Mask. So much to talk about. Anyway, anyway, uh, I want to go on to Link's Awakening, which is the game that we're covering at the time of this recording. You mentioned it just a minute ago. Um, you said that you were talking about video game remasters and how you don't necessarily think that a lot of times when a remaster is done, the fullest um, potential of the original artistic vision is capitalized on in said remaster. But you mentioned Link's Awakening as an exception so i'm just very curious because uh obviously link's awakening on screen when it came out on the game boy there's only so much that you can do in terms of visual style but but the game boy release had a lot of very distinctive artwork around it because uh tarada did did some art around link's awakening oh yeah um the manual uh i love the game manual for link's awakening because yeah, it's got it a lot incredible. of great illustrations yeah it's got a lot of great illustrations of link doing stuff on the island and you know there are illustrations of the island like the japanese box art for link's awakening has this crazy cool illustration of oh link yeah on Co- i love that one yeah yeah uh, it's funny too because we didn't really get that in the u.s and it was really hard to track down a 
large image of that that didn't have stuff over it, like, you know, the date overlay or, you know, like some sort of advertising. Um, but yeah, yeah I, um, I think the new artwork is really cute. I'm having a hard time with it because of, I, I know why they did it. And, you know, like from a game developer standpoint, it makes so much sense. And I'm really glad uh, it's gotten people to play the game because it's such a well-designed game. So for yeah. all of those, like the story's cute, like uh, it really, I shouldn't say cute. It pulls you in. And that's not something that happens in a lot of Zelda games. Like you're invested in that story um, before, you don't realize you are and then bam, it hits you. You're super invested. Um, and so there's a lot about, you know, them doing a remake that I appreciate. Um, and when I got the, the dreamer concept art book for it, um, I'm like, okay, I like the concept art. Like it makes it really cute. It kind of helps ease me into the fact that the, you know, the, toy aspect, you know, like it works. It's definitely going to work for a lot of people. Um, and it's like wind waker. I'll get over it. No big deal. But it's because of like the Tirada art and those, um, those concept art books, um, for people who don't know, like the Nintendo power guide for links awakening was also absolutely spectacular. And it fleshed everything out in this like really detailed, amazing way. It's like, you could feel like you were in the shop. You saw the knickknacks on the wall. Like you could see the inside of the dungeons, like the original art. That's um, a little bit more like early, early nineties TV anime. Look, I don't know the name of the artist that did the, um, the link to the past and the um, links awakening uh, booklet links and uh, items and stuff. I don't know that artist's name right now, but um like even some of her or his dungeon, I think it's a girl, but I don't know why I think that, um, some of her dungeon pieces are like amazing, like link walking through holding a compass and a map. And it's in this big room with like this tree root coming through and this beam of light. Like, I love it, you know, like, and that's how I pictured the game. I pictured, you know, Coholent Island is this vast, like network of ruins and, you know, jungles and beaches. And it was this, you know, it was a three-dimensionally built world, not like, you know, little toy chess pieces placed around, but like, you know, a real environment. And the concept art really did that. And so when I picture the island, that's what I picture. Um, I've totally lost my train of thought because now I'm just thinking about all these things I really love. So... What was your well, question again? Yeah. So, well, well, no, yeah. I just there, there actually there there wasn't really a question. I wanted to kind of yeah. freewheel a little bit about the about the remaster art style versus the original one, which is exactly what you've been doing. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I do. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it's cute. It's it's actually got some mood to it. Um, I have the Dreamer art book scanned. I went. I usually wait like two years before I uh, scan something and put it online, or even longer if it's still being published, because I don't want to take away sales from publishers or, you know, like offend any of the people who have put so much work into these things. Um, like I've spent a long history in my site, like being like, buy the books, help get this published, like join this campaign to like Hyrule Historia led the campaign to get that released in the U S like that was a crazy big push. Um, I don't know how much I actually 
help get it done, but I know I was working really hard at it. So it's like, I want that stuff to like keep coming out. But the Dreamer art book seemed like this limited release that was like, if you pre-ordered, you got it and you can't really buy it anymore unless you're buying it off of like, you know, um, a Hong Kong seller through, you know, like Yahoo Japan or something like that. I don't even think right, they're yeah. legit yeah. books, you know? So, um, I got it, I scanned it and if people want to see it, you know, it's up. Um, if I shouldn't have it up, I'll take it down, but it's there and it's really cute. Um, you know, being able to see kind of, you know, some of the drawings and the thoughts and it makes it a little bit moodier when it's not, um, like this really polished 3d when it's still got all the sketch lines in it, uh, there's a charm to it. So if anyone else is having problems with the art style and they're like, it's not what I pictured, maybe the art book will help a little bit. I don't know. Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> So I have, I'm curious, do you feel yeah. like there is, so as somebody who's compiled so much supplementary Zelda artwork, um, yeah. do, do you feel like there is one game that has got like the strongest assemblage of, of artwork around it? Versus um, this is going to be, yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. But in different ways. So uh, my site actually had three components originally. We're mostly talking about art, so I'm sticking to that. But um, there is a ton of manga for the early games that no one mm. knows exists, essentially. Um, Adventure of Link has so much supplemental material. It's mind-boggling. Like, And I love it. Really? I actually really like Yeah. There are so many manga volumes for it. And they're actually some of my favorite ones. Like, it's bizarre. Link's Awakening has a pretty cute um, manga to it, too. Um, Art-wise, so this is weird, too. The original Zelda, I call it Hyrule Fantasy sometimes because saying, like, the original Zelda is kind of too long. Um, it it has, oh, God, how many pieces of art for it? Um, let me go look real quick. So right now, and I'm my gallery's in a work in progress and I'm always finding new pieces. So the original legend of Zelda, I have 947 pieces of art. A lot of those are duplicates still because some of the images are better than others, but it's probably got a good 700 pieces of art. Whereas like, I don't know, Ocarina of time, the most I could find with a few duplicates is 418, you know, but then you go up to like, um, you know, Oh, where is it? Sorry. Skyward Sword is, you know, like with all the concept art, there's 700, you know, like it just, it's all over the place. Um, but supplemental material, oddly, it's the early games. And this is something that's huge to me that has made me so excited that they're doing art books is it's mind blowing how much more they used to pay artists and contract artists to actually do supplemental material for games. And I don't know if it's because of the 3D push, because people can visualize it now, or if it's just because, and this happened in publishing and everything too, like National Geographic and um, all over the art industry, people just stop paying for artists to go do material for their pieces. Like photography has been around forever, you know, like National Geographic, obviously, but it's like they don't pay artists thousands of dollars to travel to the other side of the world anymore to do cool illustrations for their piece, you know, and that's something they used to do. And I feel like video games used to do more of that. Like we're going to have a huge art team. We're going to pay, you know, for children's books, we're going to pay for manga. We're going to pay for different posters and materials and sticker books and like all these different things that 
we don't really get on an official level as much as we used to. We get merchandise, but it's like a plushie and that kind of thing. I don't know if it's because people stop buying it or, or what, but it's really interesting how much there is for the earlier games versus some of the newer ones. Um, the yeah. Himikawa manga well, that, that happened. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so, well, so I was just going to say that that, no, you're good. I was going to say that that a similar shift happened around the same time when you're talking about illustrations around uh, movies, like movie posters and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that all used to be like you had art departments that would illustrate a ton of compositions around a movie poster, trying to communicate the tone of the movie via illustration. And, you know, by the time you get to the nineties, the early to mid nineties, exactly. you have this massive shift to just like kind of Photoshop uh, kind of yeah. assemblages of, of artwork. And that happened in games too. Yeah, it happened in games. And I actually, so I went to art college because I wanted to be a pre-production artist for Disney and Disney disbanded their whole, I, I found out later, I absolutely did not want to work for Disney. Even if I had made it, I was like, oh, their contracts are, they're like non-disclosure agreements and their, you know, non-compete clauses are just horrifying to me. Maybe different now, but back then when Eisner and all that took over. But anyway, sorry. So um, yeah, they were like, we don't need traditional artists. Let's just do CG which CG is fine. That's what my husband does, you know, like nothing against it, but it was just like this huge shift away from paying anything that was traditional art to just be like, Oh, we'll just do some 3d models. That's expensive. So buy other artists, you know, like, and it just seemed like there yeah. was a big shift in the nineties to just not do it. And I, I never really looked into like, if that, I wouldn't doubt that that same trend happened in games, but it's such a shame that, we went from all this supplemental material that was really fun. And again, not for everyone, but there's a lot of stuff in the early manga that is absolutely in the later games. And it's the same. I know a lot of people don't like the Himikawa manga, but it's like, you know, the Rito are from that. Like the, they did the little last chapter and Nintendo was like, Oh, we really like these. So they ended up in the games, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that comes from that, whether people realize it or not. I mean, there's this one adventure of Link Manga, and it's like, you know, Zelda's adventuring alongside Link, you know, like he's flying on a giant parrot that's kind of like a loft wing. He has hot pink hair. You know, it's like all this stuff. Those are, <laughs> yeah, those are just a small handful of like, oh, all this kind of stuff kind of appears later. So it makes me kind of wonder sometimes, like, consciously or subconsciously, some of those guys have been on the Nintendo team for so long. You know, do they kind of maybe remember it and it just shows up in the art? You know, like, and then it shows up in the game. Who knows? But, um, yeah, the early games have so much supplemental material for them, and I really miss that. And it's one of the reasons I enjoy doing the site so much, because putting a little bit of it online um, attracts like-minded people together. And I'll find other people that are doing something, and I'll be like, oh, my God, you know, like, where did you get that? And they'll be like, oh, my God, where did you get that? And we end up trading, and then we find more people, and... It just helps kind of expand and helps us all find what's basically almost been lost. I mean, there was this one series of one pack comics, I guess, was they did the, uh, some of the uh, original Legend of Zelda manga and then Adventure of Link. They went out of business. The third volume of this manga was only published in the magazine. The only copies anyone has of it online are these 
kind of bad scans that this guy named Cannon just sent to me one day and probably one or two other people. But he was like, hey, I saw you have this stuff posted on your site. Here's the last volume that I didn't even know existed. And, you know, like, it's really neat to be able to find stuff like that because of the community and just because there's people out there that love it. Yeah. So, yeah. So we so we started off our discussion period with a prompt. For everybody. And I want to go ahead because we're, we're, I feel like when I drop this, it's going to take us right up to our hour and a half mark. So I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go now. Um, another prompt for everybody on the call. Uh, there have for a long time been rumors, whether, whether they are true or not, um, whether they've ever been true are currently true or no longer true. There've been rumors forever that Nintendo was considering adapting the legend of zelda to some sort of uh you know television theatrical movie whatever format you know um and we've heard about it for years and obviously a lot of people when they hear that the first thing they think of is uh, is link gonna talk and i'm i am interested in that i'm interested to know that but i'm a little bit more interested with the the thought process which is what art style would they even try to use to like adapt the legend of Zelda. What, what medium would that be in? What would you want to see it in? So here's the question, Matt and Melora, if they do create a legend of Zelda animated thing, let's assume it's not live action. It's animated. Okay. And it is a Netflix miniseries. Let's say four episodes, four hours long total. Okay. What art style, if they were to, if they were to lift an art style from either an existing Zelda game or from an, uh, any animated style, Pixar or whatever, what would you want to see them do for that series? And Melora, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, that's so hard. So I, I'm of the mindset of it could be really, really horrible, but I love extra material. So I'm like, let them do it. You know, um, <laughs> I don't know what I would like it in. I mean, I definitely think, I definitely think it would be better animated than not. I, I am unfortunately like, well, I want it to be like, you know, studio Ghibli style, because I think that's the one that would be most accepted. Um, and I love it and it fits very well with breath of the wild, which everyone, you know, has really, really liked the way it looks. Um, there's so many other styles I like that I think would work, but I don't think it would be as accepted. And anything that they do that's supplemental, I want a lot of people to like it. So they do more things and pay more artists and get more, you know, like work out there. So, um, I mean, part of me is also like, do a dark Tarada style. Like, hell, I want to see that. That'd be cool. Like, I just want to know what it would look like. Like, I do like when they take dares. I think far fewer people would enjoy that, though. Like, if they did, like, the Castlevania series, there would be people who would love it. And then people would be like, that's not Zelda. Anything they do, someone's going to go, that's not Zelda. But um, Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if they don't go with a Miyazaki style, they're just, they're, they wouldn't hit well with you know fans i don't think um it would disappoint the fewest people i think they sure. could do some really cool conceptual stuff um i kind of wish they just whatever i wish that it would be like whatever game it was you know if 
if they did something that was more like Majora's Mask, do it in that style. Like, oh, that'd mm-hmm. look cool. If it was linked to the past, I wouldn't want it to look too cartoony. Like the actual um, early '90s, you know, TV anime, like the Noozles or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> That'll be a reference for people to look up. Um, but, you know, I definitely think that they could find a really cool in-between. Um, but, yeah, it's it's hard. Um, live action, I, I think way fewer people would like it. I think they could still do it. I think they could pull it off and people would enjoy it. But they'd have to have a really solid team of people to do that. So that's a super roundabout answer. I, I would be <laughs> happy with a lot of different things is really my personal answer so well my my answer you already touched on this my answer is studio ghibli miyazaki i really do feel like if you if you were going to just pick a style of animation and even just a tone right because there's so much more that goes into a studio ghibli movie than just the animation but like um but if you were to pick one that i think would work for mostly all uh, then that would that would be it, really. I mean, you could make if you were telling a Majora's Mask story, or a Twilight Princess story, or a Skyward Sword story, or an Ocarina of Time or a Breath of the Wild. That that style of animation is versatile enough to work for really any of them. Um, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just realized how silly I sounded because Miyazaki did do early '90s TV anime. <laughs> he he did like i think like a puss in boots and stuff like that so okay but yeah exactly um yeah and what about you matt i mean i think i really can't disagree with y'all because i I don't know too much about anime styles and like how they're couched like the only anime that i'm super familiar with is going to be something like avatar or dragon ball z which well i mean i guess dragon ball z is is heavily japanese but airbender is very like north north americanized animation right i mean i think i think of the anime that i am familiar with of the of the animation styles i guess i think i think that legend of zelda would benefit most from probably more heavily japanese style like a dragon ball z and i and i mean from from like the more recent like dragon ball super style where there's more um kinetic action that's going on it's less um stenciled there's less obviously penciled in things right like that's that's i I don't watch a lot of anime to be 100 percent honest guys like i I don't this is not i don't even expertise but like if if i were to say but you have recently been exposed to a piece of animation that's very relevant to the conversation that we're having yes and that is the animated intro and outro to link's awakening which has well, a, yeah, yeah, it's really cute. Yeah, yeah, it's adorable. Um, this is actually funny too. Speaking, there is the guy who was one of the main. Um, oh my god, I can't think of the word for it. He worked on the art for Dragon Ball Z. He was one of the heads of the department. He did a four-part Zelda manga. So oh, that, that would ex- be, see, I would be all over that, that exists. Yeah, so that that's on my site. I'll send you a link. <laughs> so. It's weird how long it took me to uh, realize that that was actually him and not just someone like, oh, I like Dragon Ball Z, so I'm going to do a Zelda thing in it. So it is way off the original story. But yeah, you know, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of things they could do. I mean, you know, it's 
it could be really, really fascinating. And why not let a team just go at it and see? There's been so much that they've done over the years that's supplemental stuff that's been crappy. And it hasn't ruined the series at all. Like, we For still sure. all love it. Breath of the Wild sales didn't hurt at all, you know, like, because, like, there was, like, some manga someone didn't like. You know, it's like, it's okay. You can forget about the one thing you didn't like. And there will be something else that you love down the road. It's it's a survive series. It It's made it through the ages. <laughs> so all the weird trends that we've had throughout the years, it's still here and it's still going strong. So yeah, I think they should do it. I think they should have fun with it. Get a good team together. Try to make it good. But I think yeah. as, aside from maybe Metroid, I think that Zelda has got the most legs for yeah. um, for for transition to that kind of medium. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see them do it. Um, I think that that's. Nintendo is is traditionally kind of a risk averse company, not in terms of game design, because, you know, they have a history of trying new and interesting mechanics within their games. But in terms of expanding past the games, um, especially especially when you consider the overall cultural impact of the games, you know, uh, yeah, they, they. they're remarkably hesitant to kind of capitalize on that name value for other things. So, yeah, it's a little strange because, yeah, exactly. Like back in the day when the series was new, they did so much more of it, at least in Japan, not here in the U.S. And I don't think so much so abroad, but it's like it's, you know, it survived a lot of stuff. So, you know, I'm a little surprised that they're not, a little more open to risks with it. Like I, it survived that the eighties cartoon, you know, like, or the nineties cartoon too. Like, Oh my God, (laughs) there were actually parts of that. I love though. I mean, I still tuned in every, you know, week hoping that it would be the Zelda episode, but uh, you know, let's just say it survived that. Um, so Zelda and it was amazing. I, I still want that Zelda, like, that adventurous like just go get stuff done zelda and i think we've gotten like tidbits of her in games and i'm like i want more of that so sure. i've been I living mean, with Bre- that Bre- zelda Bre- in my wild. head breath of yeah. the wild and skyward sword zelda both have shades of that oh yeah absolutely and um age of calamity just kind of being <laughs> yeah actual character <laughs> development for uh the the character the series is named after like thank you yes i love it um tetra was crazy. awesome you're, you're talking you know? crazy right now i'm yeah. crazy talker yeah I'll, I'll get all i'll get all wild on that one but uh yeah you know i love zelda i you know i like seeing more of her she's great so i'm i'm really happy with a lot of the directions they've taken her over the years like Sheik was awesome tetra's awesome you know stuff like that so Marin, yeah. if she's zelda is kind of awesome so you know it's like we, we've got our, we've got a few things. I just, I want more. I it's, that's the whole, that's really the gist of everything I've been saying this whole time is like, give me more art, give me more manga. Sure. Give me an anime series, you know, I'm like, and give me more Zelda. So man, even if, even if Nintendo was ever to do like licensed, um, print reproductions of some of their most, like I'm thinking of that Nintendo power sell that you were talking about that oh my god with all his items like yeah if nintendo was ever just to release like limited edition runs high quality prints of specific pieces <sighs> of zelda artwork like oh, they wouldn't would even have to do anything to it just yeah yeah it would be i wild. would it would be all over my walls like i know they must have a lot of art for the old games because 
you know, if they released an art book just for that, people would still buy it because it's the same thing we were talking about earlier. Like it shows so much of their production thought. Like there's art for the BS Zelda, which was the satellite Zelda that was in Hyrule Historia that they still have the original pieces for. It's crazy. Like they've been holding on to that all this year, you know, like just, there's so much yeah. cool, there's so much cool stuff that they have that, yeah, they could do big prints of it. People would snatch it up. Like we all love yep. their merchandise. We'll buy it like crazy. They know us. They know oh, we'll yeah. buy their stuff. <laughs> They're like, yeah, here suckers, <laughs> you know, you want it. So I'm like, yeah, they've I got do. us by the nose. Yeah, it's true. So every yeah, time, every no, time they, really they slap should. a Triforce, on a Joy-Con and it sells out in two seconds. They're like, all right, know, we right? still got them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I want them to do <laughs> art books for the old games about it. I want them to do more for the new games. It just, yeah. I mean, when they stop selling, maybe I'll stop being like, okay, give us more. But I mean, stuff that everything's been, it seems like it sells really well. It's like, come on guys, be more risk adverse. Give us some more of that good stuff. So, yep. <laughs> well, Melora, we have got to start getting wrapped up over here, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with us. I mean, seriously, like we've talked, we've had conversations on this podcast about the music we from from an actual composer. We've had conversations about the design of these games with an actual game designer, one Max Nichols. Um but one of the main pillars of uh, of a Zelda game is its visual style. And, you know, I talk about that whenever I feel like I have a few minutes to wax poetic on an episode. <laughs> but uh, we've never really had a conversation devoted to just that before. And so I'm 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 thrilled that you could be on. Honestly, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a very long time. So thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. I have to. Um, you're an amazing artist. It was great being able to talk to you about art and the series that I love more than anything. You as well, Matt, like don't put yourself down. You know what you're talking about. That was, it was awesome talking to you about art and like your takes on how everything just ties together. It was, it was beautiful. I enjoyed it with all my heart. So this was a lot of fun, even for the non-artists in the group. It was a, it was definitely an enjoyable conversation. So Melora, I loved you. If we were to like funnel people to something of your, like what what are your accounts? Where do you want people to go? Go ahead and drop that now. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, um, history of Hyrule on Twitter and history of Hyrule on Flickr. Those are the two places I'm most active and posting the work I'm actually doing. There's history of Hyrule.com, which is the main site I've had for 20 years. Um, I need to work on it. I was on a hiatus for a while. So all of the main work that I'm doing, you will find in those two other places. But you can always go to historyofhyrule.com if you want to pick around the mess of my server move and try to find what's on there. If you're interested in manga or doujinshi, um, I have huge archives of that. There's probably around 10,000 pages of old out-of-print Zelda material that... um, yeah, you can't really find in other places. And if you're a translator, sorry, there's so much that has gone untranslated. We really need your help. Um, there's works that are 35 years old that were officially licensed by Nintendo that have still not been translated. So if anyone's listening that has any interest in that, totally low key, doesn't have to get done. It hasn't been done 35 years, but it would be awesome. <laughs> <if it was. laughs> so, um, yeah, oh, there's novels. Man. Yeah. There's like choose your own adventure Zelda novels that have not been translated. So yeah. So anyways, yep, that's it. Yeah. 
Okay, excellent. Everybody, seriously, go go follow Melora. Go hit up History of Hyrule. Um, just if you have a few minutes to burn, go browse through that Flickr and and look through some of the uh, through some of the artwork that she's compiled. Because seriously, so many of these games they have got artwork supplemental to the actual game that is both um, entertaining and enlightening. It gives you a look into what the concept artists were thinking when they were establishing the look and feel and tone for these games it's just it's a lot of fun i can't recommend it enough so it's a great way to spend a little bit of time um if you were listening to this episode you are already subbed to our apple podcast channel or to our patreon and as i said at the top of the show we appreciate you so very much please spread the good word we're going to continue doing this kind of thing and we would love for more people to discover it so um I think uh, we're going to have two more bonus episodes left in the Link's Awakening season before Skyward Sword uh, kicks off. One of those is going to be Matthew's uh, once per season do whatever you want to do episode. And I don't know what he's got planned for that. I'm a little scared of it, but it's I'm going to do be it. So fun. I committed to it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so it's going to be great. Um Let's see what else. Uh, once again, Skyward Sword, uh, that kicks off about a month from now. Uh, you know, don't feel bad about playing ahead in the game. Jump in, have a good time with it, and uh, tune in to Sacred Realms Pod to listen to us talk about our experience with it. Matt, you got anything you want to say before we get out of here? You artsy people are very bougie, but I've enjoyed it very much. It's been a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Matt. I live for your approval. <laughs> I mean, I know that, so that's why I'm here. That's why you. That's why you quote unquote hire me to be here. I don't live for your approval, but I do appreciate it nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and Melora, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us on this fun conversation and adventure. And also, thank you for letting us reference your work about a dozen times uh, throughout the life of the podcast. That blows my mind. Thank you guys so much. This was incredible. It was great meeting both of you. Like for real. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe when Breath of the Wild 2 is about to come out, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll hop on for another one of these conversations and we'll just talk about that art style and whatever, what, whatever we That would be incredible. Yes. <laughs> so All I would right. love that. We can make that happen. Well, everybody, uh, thank you so much. We appreciate you very much. We will catch you for the next bonus episode. In the meantime, may your hearts be full. May your arrows never miss. Bye, y'all. Sacred Realms is an independent podcast production, which is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lyndon Willoughby. Our music comes from Zelda and Chill by Mikkel and is graciously provided to us by Mikkel and Game Chops Records. Zelda and Chill is available to stream on Spotify or to purchase directly from GameChops.com. Finally, our thanks go to Nintendo for creating such exceptional and innovative experiences. 